Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for the Rugby Wrap, the podcast about all things Western Force and the game we love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rugby Wrap. Nice to have your company as we recover from the Easter break and gear up for another big week of rugby. My name is Mick Collison. Joining me from his sickbed after his Thailand adventure, Wallaby 735, Mitch Hardy. Mitch, good to see you. Nice to be back, Mickey. Yes, the uh, the trip to Thailand's knocked me around a little bit. Came back with a bit of bronchitis. <laughs> Uh, do not do not fly Malaysian Airlines, whatever you do. Disaster. <laughs> that, Absolute debacle. One way and coming back. And that Patong um, Road in Pattaya really knocks you around, doesn't it? Oh, mate, only, only could uh, do one night out down there. It was just too much <laughs> for me. Too much for me. It's for the what? young people, that stuff. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back in my piece. And a man who thrives on other people's misfortune, Heath Tesman. Tess, great to see you. Oh, excellent to see you, gents, as well. And, mate, how could we... How could we not give Mitchy the shout out for the um for the he's oh. going viral over the over the weekend with the Instagram page Forgotten Rugby Battlers doing a whole bloody oh. showing highlights of the man himself. That's what I've always aspired to be, just to be known as the Forgotten Rugby Mr. Battler. Battler. <laughs> Great, but I tell you what, was, who, was, who, was who was responsible for that? That's it. There's a whole site called Forgotten. No, Forgotten. That's the site's name, Forgotten Rugby Battlers. Oh, and there's, um, have a look there. there's some great stuff on there. I, it certainly, you're, you're in good company because there's some some big names on there. And the try they showed was an absolute beauty. Absolute pearler of try. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the that was the Super Rugby try of the year in 2000. And, and you know what? They didn't even award it to me. They gave it to Steve Larkham. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Why'd he yeah. get it? Oh, because they deemed him to be the most influential part of that try. Oh, um, if he well, because he didn't kick the ball out yeah, exactly. in the first place. If he kicked it out, <laughs> it wouldn't exactly. have been a try. Well, wow. oh, there, there you go. Well, one of the longest droughts in women's rugby was broken on the weekend with Western Force women winning their first game of Super W in four years, defeating the Melbourne Rebels women 13 points to five. One of the stars of that victory was winger Martha Mattielli, and she's been kind enough to give us some of her time. So, Martha, great to have you with us on the Rugby Wrap. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you hadn't been there through all of the heartache, but a lot of the girls had been. What was the feeling like in the change room after getting that win? Oh, the feeling was pretty cool. We're all, um, you know, so excited. I think for some of the girls, it hasn't sunk in yet, or a lot of us weren't there for the whole four years. Um, But we're all so excited that we had finally won a game. And your captain, Trillian Pomeroy, she's been there through thick and thin. She doesn't really give much away. How is she after the game? Oh, she was really excited. She was really happy. Yeah, you're right. She doesn't give much away. Um, But she's proud of us. (laughs) Now, Confidence and self-belief, such big things in rugby. Do you think your team are now starting to get that? Yeah, 100%. Um, You know, no matter how we won, a win is a win. And um, definitely it's boosted the girls' confidence by a lot. Because did you go into that game thinking that was a game you could win? 100%, yeah. You know, to be honest, we could have won last week's game as well. But this week, you know... Uh, we we're really set in, you know, what we're doing throughout the week, our structures, our policies that um, we knew we were giving ourselves the best chance to come into this week for a win. And you personally, you're in great form. You're sort of fantastic try. You always seem to have a smile on your face. You're obviously enjoying your rugby at the moment. Yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, obviously, I've come off the back of um, Opiki season in New Zealand. Um yeah, I couldn't come over in any better shape, so I'm really happy with how I'm checking. And are you, are you enjoying the fact that with women's rugby, now you can do that? Like you can play a season in New Zealand, you can come across and you can keep playing here in, in uh, Western Australia? 
yeah, definitely. And I think it's pretty cool that I've been um, blessed enough to be able to play in the New Zealand comp and the Australian comp. And the big question, well, we've seen the men do it after they win. Did, did you have a song master and was there a sing-along after the game when you won? Oh, not this time. No, not this time, but we're getting there. <laughs> I, I think you need to have something in the in the kit bag so when you do pull out a win that you can sing that song because it'd, be, um, it'd, it'd be great. Now, you're, you're one of the more experienced players brought in to make this side more competitive and that's obviously working. How do you enjoy that leadership role? Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, even though, like, I guess... I have come into more of a leadership role. I do feel like I do have freedom, you know, just to do me, to play how I want to play. And I guess um, because I've come into a leadership role, I have like a little bit of, I guess you could say, influence on uh, how the team, you know, what kind of structures we're doing or um, playing heads up rugby. And Ian, how, how do you like to play? Uh, I guess for me personally, I do love heads up rugby, just seeing the picture and just um, playing off that. Like, I think structure definitely has its place, but when the opportunity comes up, I just like to take the opportunity instead of sticking to, you know, the normal structures um, that we're used to. And and your coach, Matt Hodgson, he's obviously happy for you to to do that. Has he, have there been any times where you've done something you thought, oh, Martha, I wanted to do something else? Uh, no, he's pretty supportive. And, you know, he's the one that's um, backing me if I see something to go do it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's backing me to do what I need to do. And you talked about the New Zealand comp. How, how does the Western Force compare to some of those other sides you've played with back in New Zealand? Uh, you know, it's pretty different, but um, the girls are really cool. I love the Force girls. Um, you know, we're coming along quite nicely, um, which is awesome. And you've got a lot of imports. Everyone's, everyone's getting on. Everyone's gelling. Yes, everyone's yelling. Um, yeah, I guess we've had me and my sister and Leah from Matatu um, come over since Opeki's finished. But um, the girls have welcomed us with open arms, which is awesome. That's good. And you're enjoying Perth as a place to, to live and play? Oh, I love it. I love it here. It's warm. <laughs> the weather's great. Uh, <laughs> hey, and now, look, rugby's obviously a big part of your family. You mentioned your sister, your husband, Manasa, playing for the Western Force. Do you guys talk much about your game to each other? Um, we actually do, and we watch each other's games. Um, it's funny because we were talking about this before, and I guess, you know, being the competitive athletes that we are, you know, after we watch one of our games, probably the first thing that comes out of one of our mouths to each other is, you know, criticism, like, oh, you could have <laughs> oh, ran around a bit more or there was space on that side. Um, but, yeah. Because do you find that helps your game? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, you know, being critical of my own game and I guess of each other's, we see things that we necessarily um don't see ourselves, and we tell each other. So, hundred percent, it helps. And you mentioned your sister Lola Hayes; she's in that women's side. It must be good fun having your sister there as well. Yeah, it's so good. It just feels like home. Um, how we've both come over together. Um, really enjoying it. Now, Heath Tessman's a forward, so we'll leave him out of this. But, Mitch, a winger of note yourself, uh, anything you've noticed? You, 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 we talked about Martha had such a great game on the weekend. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to know, Martha, like, what do you pride yourself on when you're playing? Like, do you like to you, – you did a couple of beautiful runs off the blind wing on the weekend. You, you pride yourself on making sure that you're working off the ball and making yourself available off the blind? 
Uh, good question. <laughs> That's why um, I got Mitch to ask it. Not Tessman. Tessman wouldn't have come up with that. It's a technical one, mate. Many wingers would know. Working off the ball, mate. That's what makes it. Yeah. Um, definitely when I was in New Zealand, uh, with all my coaches there, we've always pushed, and one of my strengths has been roaming. So yep. what you say off the ball. So um, coming to Australia and the game is slightly different. I feel like I have more opportunities to roam off the ball. So, um, yeah, I would say that's what I pride myself on. Yeah, good. And who you who you're combining best with at the moment in the backs? Who who are you sort of your go-to girls that you're, you're finding that you can run off them and that you've got good synergy starting to build? Um, I would say our fullback, Aisha, and our other wing, Rachel. Um, we're all on the same page with things, but what I wanted to do as an outside back was to give them confidence. You know, if they decide to take it in, I want to make sure that I'm there. If they decide to pass it and we go for a counter attack, I just want to give them the confidence and work with them um, as a back three. Yeah, great. And going forward to this weekend against Fiji Druff, uh, going to be down at McGilvra, I think, on Sunday. Is that right? Yep, 305 yep. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So where do you, where do you see their strength? The, the, Pretty physical team, but they can also score tries from anywhere. What What are you most looking forward to about playing against Fiji Drua? Um, just like you said, I love physicality and just um, having a team that I know that will bring that to us. I'm pretty excited about that, and I'm excited to see our girls step up and really, um, you know, I guess um, challenge that. You know, we can do it. So I believe in the girls. Because the Drua, they come off their first loss last weekend, so they'll obviously be be hurting. What What's your game plan going to be against the Fijian ladies? Oh, you know, I guess shut them down at every opportunity. They've got a really good offload game, so just making sure um, we're just, I guess, pests in defence. <laughs> and is there a, you know, you talk about their offload game, is that the sort of when you talk about people you're playing against, is that the sort of game that you like to play against when they play that really fast offload game? Or do you prefer that a game that's a little bit more structured and tight as a defender I'm talking about? Oh, as a defender, definitely when it's more structured and tight, it's easier to read. But um, I guess like, you know, if our defence is not connected and they have that offload game and they have the ability to, you know, pull off really good offloads, it, it is really hard as a defender. And of the local girls that you've got playing for the Western Force, who who's caught your eye? Who have you been impressed with? Oh, the local girls. Um, 100% Trilly. <laughs> Trillene, um, you know, she's captain for a reason and she's a Wallaroo for a reason. So um, I'm really impressed with her skill set and her drive and, you know, her leadership to lead the team. And any of the, the young, some of the really young ones coming through? Yeah, so I guess I've mentioned before Aisha for the 15 coming through and our 10 who's also young as well, Nicole Leddington. I'm really proud of those girls, um, you know, being so young but also stepping up into leadership roles. And then what are your plans as a rugby player after this season? Um, My plans, well, I guess I've moved here. Perth is now my home. Great, Um, welcome. Good to have you here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've come here to live with my husband, but I guess I'm just going with the flow at the moment. I have no plans, just seeing it out and see what happens. Because all that you girls are just on one-year contracts, is that right? Yes. Their things, right? Yeah, okay. And have you, you, we spoke to Michaela the other week, um, 
and she's not sure about what's happening next year with Super W. Do you have you been told any plans by Rugby Australia or or the force what what they're hoping to do in the next twelve or twenty four months with the competition? Um, not really. Like I've heard mixed stuff back when I was in New Zealand and coming to Australia. Um, we're not sure yet if the you know ideally it would be cool if both comps merge next year, but I'm actually not too sure. I've just heard little bits and pieces, but nothing confirmed yet. And if they uh, that'd be fantastic if they did. If they don't, would you looking going? Would you look at playing the season in New Zealand again? Then, then sort of coming back. Is that your plan to try and just play as much rugby as you can? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. If it doesn't merge again, um, you know our seasons are so short anyway. Hmm. Um, I'd love to go back to New Zealand and then come back to Australia. Big question. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can sit on the fence on this one, Martha. But if you had in- international aspirations, are you All Black, a Wall, a Wallaroo, or <laughs> okay, so this one's a good one because, uh, <laughs> um, like, if I if there are no rules or anything, um, uh, black friends, I'd love to be a black friend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. All right. No. All right. I had to ask the question where the yeah. international aspirations are because <laughs> you were one of the leading try scorers in the in the New Zealand comp last year, weren't you? Was it with Canterbury or yeah? Yeah. 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 One of the leading tries. So that you'd be on their short. You'd be on their short list somewhere. <laughs> have they reached? Have they reached out? No, they have not. <laughs> so okay. that's options well, open. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they haven't reached out. And if if Rugby Australia have got any brains about them at all, I'd be um, straight on the phone to you because you you're obviously a fantastic talent, and uh, it'd be great to have you playing in the green and gold. We're sick of people wanting to play for the Black Ferns and the All Blacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you know, there's so many great career opportunities there at the moment like what about sevens have you had much sevens experience oh yeah I first started playing rugby when I first started I was mainly sevens um I was playing like you know oh last year I came to Perth and played for UWA in the Aeon sevens comp yeah um 100% I'll still play sevens I'm just yeah my options are open yeah good and what about NRL NRL there's any oh Mitch you're you're swearing any nibbles for NRL or any uh, any thoughts on that? That girls be uh, able to hop between two codes? Yeah, like some of the girls have mentioned whether I put my hand up. Um, I guess I, uh, right now, at this like this week, I'm not seeking any contracts. But you know, if a club was going to come up to me and say that they're interested, I'd hundred percent um, consider it. Um, yeah, it's not off the table. I'd love to play NRL. Yeah, and because as a professional athlete, and that's sort of what you are and what you want to be, uh, if you've got offers like that coming in where you get to to play footy and get paid for it, it, it must be very, it'd be very tempting and very hard to say no. Yeah, 100%. And I've been living this, you know, full-time athlete for a few months now. Um, I was basically full-time when I was in New Zealand, so it wouldn't be the hardest transition to transition. Mm. <laughs> and then how do, you, how do you feel your time in, um, apart from talking to your husband and your sister when you're not training and playing? My time? How yeah. do I feel my time? Yeah. Oh, I've just been um, moving in. <laughs> yeah, because you were working. You were working in New Zealand, weren't you? Um, not during the Opiki season, but before that, I was a sports coordinator yeah. at a primary. Yeah. Oh perfect. wow. Okay. Yeah. Good. Right. All right. Well, look, Martha, it's been great to catch up. Congratulations on your own performance and on that win last week. And uh, look, good luck this weekend. We'll be down there at McGilver Oval at three oh five, cheering you on. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Good work, all. Martha. Keep Thanks, up the Martha. good work. Thank you. See ya. Bye. So that was Martha Matele from the Western Force. And Mitch, she can play. 
Yeah, she's been terrific. And uh, that game on the weekend, she was by far and away one of the force's best. And if she continues in that form and can uh, get a few more tries, who knows? The force might get a few more wins and really compete over the next couple of weeks. It's just a shame the tournament's so short because, mm. um, you know, the force, could, with so many new players and young players, they, they could have done with an extended tournament to really start to build momentum across the season. Yeah, and she's got she's got really good skills. There was that try that she scored with she, you know, transferring the ball from the what the right arm back to the left arm. She just seems like a real natural player. Absolutely, Morgan Turinui couldn't it was, was it couldn't get over it. Could he? Yeah. He was just getting very <laughs> excited. Morgan's actually seeing someone who could move the ball from one hand to the other, which, yes. as he pointed out, is very rare these days. People are always looking for contact, and um, yeah, that was good. A very classical type of player, and um, as we talked about in the chat works hard off the ball as well yeah it was great to have her on just in some other super w results from last week the reds getting up over the brumbies 20 points to 10 and the waratahs women uh defeating the fijiana drew a 31 points to five so a, a big win for the waratahs that was the fijiana's first loss in the competition and then this week week four or five as you mentioned just a really short competition which is a real shame the brumbies women up against the rebels on friday night and then sunday settle into stan sport you've got the waratahs women up against the reds at 105 both those sides undefeated this season so that should be an absolute beauty and then following that the western force up against the fijiana drua at 305 that's being played down at mcgillvray oval so get along and have a look and support the western force women and then in super rugby a short round last week mitch Yep, shorty, but a goodie, Mick. Uh, looking at the results, Crusaders getting up over Moana Pacifica. It was pretty. It was a pretty good performance, I thought, for Moana at that one. Um, they sort of went toe-to-toe with the Crusaders, but Crusaders just run away with it towards the end. It was probably, I reckon it was the pick of the games as well over the weekend. Like, uh, there was always that, that kind of brief hope. There was that period where we thought Moana might get away the victory and with a few little decisions, it just about could have swung the other way, but... Crusaders just grinding it out and getting the job done as they always do. They just that's what they do. Yeah. Brumbies Reds, Mickey, fifty-two to twenty-four. The Reds, just that red card really killed them off in that game. They looked pretty good. And if they'd had fifteen guys on the field, I reckon they might have taken it a bit more to the to the Brumbies. But the Brumbies class showed through towards the end and they were very comfortable winners in the end. But yeah. uh, disappointing for the Reds. And that that Angus Blythe, the guy that I think would that was that the laziest tackle. What was, he, what was he trying? What he wasn't trying to. He wasn't trying to tackle. He was. He was somewhere between a tackle and a charge down. Attempt. I don't know what he was. And he's he only had, got three. He's only got three, three weeks, weeks for that as well. I think yeah. that. I think he considered himself pretty lucky. Yeah. And there's been a lot clumsy. of. I don't know if we're going to touch on it in the mailbag or not later, Mick. But there's been a lot of talk about the referee coming under a bit of criticism for just doing the yellow. Like, oh, I should have been a red straight away. I didn't mind. He just he gave the yellow. The game gets on with it, and then they can end up making that decision. Hmm. You know, yep. off the field. So, yep. and that's the whole point of it. That's exactly. The, the guy's like, gone. The guy's gone. So, whether it's red or yellow, he's off. If someone comes back or not, that you know, that might or might yeah. not happen. But yep, it was very yep. strange. And because the reds, the reds were in front. Yeah, for most of well, for most of the first, most of the first half, half. most and of the first half, and probably a good part of second half, they were still in the game. It was just the last sort of fifteen minutes apart, where I think yeah. they ran ran out of puff. And there's something um, we'll, we'll talk about in in the mailbag about ooh. that. Some some of the there was a lot of criticism about the the Reds coaching. They subbed out Tate uh, McDermott, and he was in. He was playing a terrific game, and they subbed him out. They're sort of thinking, well, what's going on up there in Queensland? Just some of the decisions they're making, and yeah, the the Brump, but the Brumpies look they're a, a class side, and um, certainly showed 
that they're the best in Australia by a long way at the moment. By a, uh, yeah, by an absolute country mile. No, I mean, I'm like I said, I love the teaser for the mailbag, but yeah, Brad Thorne coming under a bit of fire mm. for some of those coaching decisions and some of the results recently. Yeah, not looking good. And then uh, was there one other game? Hi, the yeah, two, two other games. Yeah, two, two others, other games. Others. Hurricanes, Highlanders. I didn't get a look at that one. I missed that one, unfortunately. But uh, that was that looked like it was a pretty close game. 29-14. It was another one. The Highlanders really pushed the Hurricanes. I think they went into the half leading as well. But then yeah, the, the class of the Canes just came out in that second mm. half and just went over the top. I don't think the Highlanders scored a point in the second half. Wow. Um, and the Canes wow. just came home with a wet sail and got that win down there in Dunedin. And uh, the other blowout score from the weekend, the Blues 54, Rebels 17. The Rebels up 17-13 at halftime. Yeah, what's going and on? And just go completely wheels off. Uh, and I've got to say, like, Christy and Barrett as a 9-10 combination were just awesome. Like, mm. Finlay Christy was by far and away the best player on the field in that game. And just Mark Talia and the uh, synergies and the way they just played together that that team and it was almost like the Blues went right this is this is a game that we just really need to put the foot on the throat and put these guys away and that's exactly what they did their execution in that second half was phenomenal and um, you know the Blues sent a very strong message to the rest of the competition that when they've got their best team on the paddock mm. they're going to be very hard to beat and that's a real sign of those good teams they they can just play to level and then when they think okay let's play now like they you can just see them lift and no teams can respond. No, no, and that's what I'm. I'd love to. They're they're able to adjust, aren't they? Just so well. That's the thing. Like they can get into the half. They can get the feedback from Leon McDonald, and they can adapt and adjust and go out there and then put what feedback they've been given into play straight away. And there's no lag time surrounding it. And that's just what's so impressive about it as well. Because the Rebels look good, you know, in that that first yeah. half. Yeah, they did. So. Um, again, there was a couple of years. Uh, from memory, there was a couple of yellow cards which lost a bit, a little bit of momentum for them across that second half in particular. But and they had some pretty bad injuries to their front row as well. They lost mm. a lot of front rowers in that game. But yeah, generally, generally speaking, and they drew, they fell off a lot of tackles. The Rebels. That's one thing I did notice watching that game. The amount of tackles they slipped off was in the double figures. Easy. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't afford to do that against no. the Blues. And then uh, coming up this week, Mitch. Yep. Uh, no, another half round. Another half, half round. This, yeah, they split, split rounds, Mickey. So we got yep. uh, the Reds taking on Moana Pacifica. Uh, that's on Friday after, well, Friday afternoon our time because it's and over in uh, Samoa. And they're they're in made, Samoa, yeah. They've made seven changes to their side. So O'Connor and yeah. Funavalu back in. <clears throat> yep. Brad so Thorne trying to little... salvage his season. Well, yeah, and there's a couple of force changes in that seven as well through injury. Yep. yep. Um, but this that'll could be, be a real. Tough, I mean, I don't, I don't want to. This game, could be a real. One. Yeah, it could be a real banana skin game for the Reds. I mean, it shouldn't be. But, you know, they're under the pump right now and then they've got to do the travel over to Samara as well. Mm. And um, sorry, sorry, my son's just experimenting with the microphone here as well. <laughs> uh, but it'll be it'll be a big one. And I, I don't know, I'd almost... I'd almost tip Moana Pacifica to to get the victory Ooh. over there in Samoa. Like they'll be buoyed by that victory last weekend. I mean, yeah. the, by the loss. Like the as loss. much as they they took a lot out of that, they played a lot of good rugby. So, and then uh, we've got the Brumbies taking on Fiji. That'll be a cracking game, I reckon. Uh, the Brumbies yep. should should uh, be quite clinical against Fiji. They'll they'll sort of shut them down so they can't play that offloading fast-paced games. The Brumbies will, will keep it simple. Uh, so the Brumbies should get up on that one. The Hurricanes are taking on the Chiefs. 
Chiefs should win that one, although the Hurricanes are getting better and better as the co- competition's going on. And then on Saturday night, we've got the Waratahs taking on the force. Well, how's that going to go? Teams haven't been announced. It's, it's, we record this Waratahs on the Wednesday. Force. So. Oh, look, we... I, it's a must-win game for both of them, for really. both of the teams, yeah. Mm. What are we, I mean, is it 13th and 12th yep. on the ladder or 11th uh, and 12th what, on the ladder? 11th, 10th and 10 11th. Oh, 10 11th. Sorry, I'm s- yeah, yeah. selling us short. <laughs> yeah. So, really, the Force have got an opportunity to sort of get up back up in that mid part of the table. Um, but when you look at that bottom half of the table, it's got uh, Fiji, Reds, Rebels, Force, Waratahs, Moana Pacifica is the bottom half at the moment. Wow. If you lose the, if you lose this one, you're well and truly on the bottom part. You're gone. Yeah. If you get a win, then you start to you know hover around Crawl that sort of six, sixth, seventh position potentially yeah. for the Force. And how much between the two coaches? You've got you know Simon Cron and Darren Coleman, two very good coaches out of New South Wales. Is, does it is there is there much in that? Oh, look. I'm sure they'll try to make it. (laughs) Yeah, technically, I don't know how the teams are going to go about this. The Force have had to, you know, they've come off a bit of a break. They had the three games in New Zealand where there was a certain type of rugby they had to play, which was that disruptive uh, breakdown, lower wrap tackles. Um, They did score some nice tries around that. If I was the Force, I'd I'd be willing to throw the ball around a little bit and not play too much structure. Mm-hmm. Um, keep it a little bit unstructured, but you have really fast-paced defence, getting off the line really quick, putting pressure on the Waratahs' attack so they don't get any front football. Yeah, from a Waratah standpoint, I think they've got to grind uh, the force down a little bit, mainly through the middle, really work hard on getting through the advantage lines for that 10-12 channel, uh, and they've been really clinical with their execution. So they, they, they'll probably play a little bit more conservative, I think, the Tars, whereas the force hopefully throw it around a bit more. Who do, who do you think is um, feeling a bit more pressure, Mitchie or Mick? I'll throw that to you as well. Who do you think? Who do you oh, think's under Tars. the pump a little Tars. bit more? Tars definitely. Tars, mm. Tars. They'll be they'll be they'll be sharpening their knives. Don't you worry about that. The Sydney Club Mafia. Um, they'll be starting to sharpen their knives if they don't produce some results for the Tars very shortly. And if they go down to the force, oh, the yeah. support, the fans, the fans <laughs> support supporters will take that as a real insult. Yep, you'll hear that whinging from from back here. And the and the Force Ten, do you, like a, a team hasn't been named yet. Do you, do you think will they stay with Stuart? Will they go back to Bryce Hegarty? What would you do? I'd like to see him stick with Stuart. To be honest, yep. Mick, I think he just brings a little bit more in attack. His kicking game's been okay. Um, I'd stick with him. Let's we'll wait and see. We we'll find and out. Hopefully, hopefully they can retain their back three. Uh, the back row still worries me a little bit. They lack of depth there, but it'll be interesting to see who they pick at seven, whether they go with Callan or Anstey. Yep. Um, type five, I think, are going pretty well. They'll they'll pretty much pick themselves. And then, yeah, the midfield will pretty much pick themselves as well, I think, with Kunzel yep. and Spink. Yep. So, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a little bit unfortunate that it's picking themselves, but through that kind of lack of depth, isn't it? Like, it's not, it's not, anyone standing up and really putting their hand up and saying, I'm your man right now. Mm. It's more that case of just, we, you know, the next the next level of guy is just not quite there. So we need to ride with these guys, which is unfortunate. Mm. Yeah. But they, I mean, look, they they play well together and there's some, they can do some good things. They just need to do it a bit more, a bit more frequently. But, yeah, um, yeah, that's it. And that's it. And it's just ironing out. And I mean, that'll come, that comes with time then as well. Like that, it comes with spending a little bit more time together in the saddle that, you know, all, all those Benny Dolan words that he throws around. 
Yep. Um, <laughs> and then, and once once they getting that more consistently, then hopefully we will see some more of those wins. Yeah, let's hope so. And then that was the last. That's the last match, wasn't it? That's on. And when's that match? That's Saturday. Saturday night. Saturday night, Nick. Yep. Saturday night, yep. And then looking at club rugby now, so we'll have a look at the Shoot Shield and the Hospital Cup fixes in a sec, but club rugby in Perth. So there was nothing because of the Easter break, but a full round this week. Uh, so it's round four here in Perth. We've got Wests up against Soaks, Wanneroo up against Kalamanda, Nettie's against the Southern Lions, Junlup playing Cottesloe, and Pally hosting University down at Tompkins Park, which we believe is the stand sport match the round <laughs> and we should know given that we're meant to be going to it but as far as we knew it was the Pally Uni game but it, it could be the did you say Junlup Cot test? It could be West Garb's Cot or West Garb hey, you know West Soaks good oh. people West Soaks but yeah it'll be one of them but 305 or 330 all those games on Saturday afternoon so uh, get yourself down there and have a look and then Mitch in the wonderful world of the Shoot Shield Shoot Shield Mickey yep yeah. uh, results from last week the Wildfires got up over at Ramwick so Wildfires wow. off Gee, to a, a flying flying start this uh, this year, mate. Was that at home or uh, down at Randwick? That was at home in Newcastle. The wow. wildfires, so big win for them. Ringa Ringa went down to Sydney Uni fifteen thirteen. Northern Suburbs up over Southern Districts thirty five twenty four. So the Northern Suburbs off to a good start. <clears throat> East got up over West. Uh, Manly got up over Eastwood in a high scoring affair forty four forty. And Gordon just snuck home against the two Blues twenty six to eight. Wow. Games this weekend sees Ramick taking on North, West versus South, Manly playing East, Sydney Uni Wildfires. That'll be a good game. Gordon v. Ringer, they're always good games. Eastwood taking on the two Blues. And then Test with the Hospital Cup, they're back up and running this week. Yeah, they had had the week off to get into their chocolate eggs over the weekend, but um, a full round of games this weekend, leading off with Jeeps against South, both coming off victories last weekend, so that should be a good one. Bond are making their way up the highway to play against the Filth, against Brothers. Um, it's the uh, the Battle of the Points on the Compass. North playing Easts. And then the last round will be the, the local derby. West playing against UQ. One of the little rival games. Both teams only a couple of kilometres away from each other. Nice one. So, uh, yeah, full round. Of, and I believe the John Dent Cup in Victoria gets underway this weekend as well. And I think South Australia is, uh, is up and running. So plenty of club rugby right around Australia. So that takes us to the mailbag. And as we mentioned earlier, there are some rumours swirling around about Queensland coach Brad Thorne's head being on the chopping block. Uh, There are already articles appearing about who should be the next coach. Thorne's contract, I believe, expires at the end of this year. Uh, Wayne Smith has written an, an article during the week about their red succession plan or the lack of it. And they said when Dan, or he said when Dan McKellar's name was mentioned, he's an ex-Queenslander. At the time, he was the assistant coach of the Wallabies, an ex-Brumbies coach. But the QRU said that he'd be in the mix, but the rumour was that some of the Queensland Wallabies weren't keen on getting him in. So he he basically was never really going to be considered. He's now gone overseas. There's only four Queenslanders in that Wallaby squad. So, Tess, that's your part of the world. Does Queensland rugby need a bit of a clean-out? Oh, jeez. I mean, I don't know. It's hard... It's hard to. It could be a bit extreme going straight to the um, to the clean out. I think talking about the succession plan is always difficult because I mean, how many teams really do? I'm sure they have some idea, but putting an actual succession plan into play is um, is a pretty difficult thing to do because you know not many professional sporting teams make big plans for when it's 
for when it's drought time, when it's when everything's bare and and not mm. working, when for when you're losing, you know, it's always very reactive in that situation. And I mean, that's what some of these articles are like. You know, Brad's had a couple of a couple of poor losses more recently, and then as well, he he probably hasn't got the results that he wanted. And then and there's been a lot of talk made about how he hasn't got the results against New Zealand teams as well. Um, so I so guess is, some he, is of he this, go- is he gone? Is he gone? It wouldn't surprise me if he was if he would be gone though. I, I think I saw the article that you're talking about, and there's a lot of guys in that, a lot of head coaches that it's a very hopeful thing to be able to bring in. Like, didn't they mention Dave Rennie in the article? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and a couple of guys like that where you're like, come on, man. The, like, Reds, the Reds are the Reds are renowned for sticking with their own. And a guy hmm. like is it um, Mick Heenan? Yeah, Mick Heenan. But the, yeah, he, he was a favorite. He was part of the succession plan, but apparently now yeah. they've gone a bit off him as well. Well, wow, everyone was loving him twelve months yeah. ago. They, he was <laughs> the most successful um, club club coach, I think. Oh in, yeah, he still is. Club still is. Yeah, <laughs> wins everything. It's one of Heath's mates down there yeah. at the, the Queensland Uni, uh, UQ. But um, he'd be a favourite. I think they'll go. They'll go with someone that knows the players, knows the systems in the Reds. It's a bit like Waratah rugby. Like Waratahs made a big mistake when they went outside of their system. Um. Not that long ago, and then Darren Coleman's come in, and it hasn't improved things. But I think um, that's a right, right way to go. And you know, we've got to we've got to promote from within if we're to strengthen um, Australian rugby. Is this, a, is this another argument for the the NRC or the ARC that that third tier? Well, of course, there is. Where, yeah, where these absolutely. coaches, so so Heenan can go from club rugby to that semi professional level, but then step up to Super Rugby because it's a big jump from club rugby, coaching a club rugby team, Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. play Saturday, to a full-time role with a high-profile team like the Reds. Yeah. yeah. Well, it um, is. He, he, Mick Heenan did, he did coach with Brisbane City for a couple of years as well, on and off. So he did get some exposure. But still, I think creating that pathway, and it's something that starts with Rugby Australia too, like having that pathway, whether or not they're going to have it through an NRC going from club level through or whether they're going to involve it in an academy so they're exposing guys to be able to get more level coaching but having a clear pathway for some coaches to be able to get through just needs to be something that and I'm sure it is being addressed but it needs to be addressed and they need to talk about what that pathway is because I think then it keeps guys who are on the on the wall or on the fence about whether or not Mm. they're going to stay here and coach it keeps them here and then what do you think about player power too much yeah the players shouldn't have a say they need to be out of it. They, they should oh, be part yeah. of the decision-making process about who coaches them, in my view. Yeah. It's an organize, It's an organisation decision. Yeah. I think it's got to be coaches. from the top down. You appoint the coach yeah. to create the culture and the and everything, and if a player doesn't fit in that, move the player on. You've got to yeah. back the board and the coach and what they're trying to do. So I found I it really weird that when they said, oh, some of the Queensland Wallabies uh, weren't keen on him being there, so they didn't consider him. It just seemed uh, strange. But anyway... Were they, were they talking? Were they talking about like the Wallabies old boys is in the old guard? I don't or know. I don't know. We well, said some. Well. Yeah, it seemed what... like some of the current players in the article. Really? It's from what I what I got out of it. I could be have been. That, I mean, that is, I guess that is like, isn't it effectively what Daniela Tupo said last year? Like he just, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting worked too hard. Effectively. Yeah. Like and yeah. <laughs> so you know, I could go. I'm going to be ramen in Japan for twice as much money and do half the work kind yeah. of thing. Yep. Yeah. So. Anyway, and then uh, speaking of front rowers, Ball reports his injury is recovering well, as is Angus Bells. He's recovering from his toe injury. 
Uh, the boot is coming off. It was One report said Thursday, one said Tuesday of next week. So, And he's planning to be scrummaging in July. So he's on track for the Rugby World Cup, which I'm sure Eddie Jones will be very happy to hear that Angus Bell is recovering well, which is great. And then still on the World Cup, uh, Rugby's international governing body is considering adopting what they're going to call orange cards for the World Cup. Uh, it's, so it's a form of yellow card. It's the review system currently being trialled in Super Rugby Pacific. It could be fast-tracked into the World Cup uh, in, in France this year. Again, same deal. Instead of They'll be given a red card if it's instantly foul play, but they've got the option if they show the orange card, it can be upgraded to, to red on review by the television match official. So the orange card look like it might be there in, in the World Cup, which, as we think, is great. Do we really need another coloured card? I know, I know, isn't it? It's 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 like some marketing person wants to make their own stamp on it and say, no, let's make it an orange oh, one. And we can go, what's what's halfway between yeah, the yellow yeah. and red? Yeah, uh, I, it's ridiculous. Absolute genius. Yeah, but unless, because do they review all, or does the referee they want reviewed, do they have to say or yeah, signal they re- want it reviewed? They just go on report, yeah. Do the big X like the leagueies? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this time they just hold orange and they don't make the X. They just don't have hold to orange. make the X. What, what referee, if he's not sure if it's a yellow or red, isn't going to put it on report anyway? I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very peculiar. And then um, in referee, Gardner will become the first Australian to officiate 100 Super Rugby games when he does the Waratahs Force game on the weekend. He gets a, a formal presentation at full time. He'll get the match ball and he made his Super Rugby debut back in 2012 so he's been around for a long time and he's only 38 so he's still a young bloke with plenty to offer yeah and he's he's one of our better referees and i've i've never minded him refereeing to be honest man i think he goes okay for a referee we'll cut that little clip and uh 100 100 games it's that's nothing to scoff at is it 100 Nuts. super rugby games no. i mean um yeah he's up there and only 38 years of age and i think referees these days they can go as long as they like yeah as long as they stay fit yeah great result for him yeah and then the Australian men's sevens, they rebounded from their weekend in Hong Kong. They finished fifth in Singapore, and that uh, it boosts their hopes of automatic qualification for the Olympics because the top five get a spot at Paris. So hopefully they can hang around and not have to go through any sort of qualifying. And then uh, the Australian men's deaf rugby team, they've made the World Deaf Rugby Sevens World Cup final. That was played in Argentina on the weekend. Unfortunately, they lost to Wales 20 to 5, and the Welsh women also reached the final for the first time, and they beat England 32 0. So, a good weekend for the Welsh taking out the men's and the women's World Deaf Rugby Sevens World Cup. And then the Brumbies, Mitch, your home mob, have, they've announced the re signings of seven stars as they're building for the future. So, they've, they've signed 31 players for the 2024 season and beyond. So, two of the recent ones are Blake Shoup for two years, and then Wallaby Connell McInerney, who I'd actually forgotten about. Do you remember him? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Played one, okay. one, one test uh, against Japan back in 2021. He injured, he injured his ankle, I think. So, he ended up missing out on a lot of the tour. Yeah, he was, and he, in, he was in the box seat ahead of Lonigan at that point in time too. There you go. He scored a try off the bench. And who hasn't, Mitch? How hard's that? I don't know why that's <laughs> that's big news. And also Jack Debrastini, he's uh, signed for another one year, and he's been a bit of a revelation since he's come back. Yeah, and he's he provides really good depth, doesn't he? Coming off the bench and and putting the pressure on Noah Alessio to really perform. So again, the Brumbies 
trusting in the development that of the young the young guys that have come through and those that have been and rewarding those that have performed mm. so not many spots to go for 2024 no nah. and all it's got to be the easiest job in australian rugby right now isn't it recruiting for the yeah. brumbies like yeah. it, wouldn't be a, <laughs> it wouldn't be a player that doesn't want especially a young developer developing player coming through there yeah go down and i mean i don't know how much longer lord laurie's going to be there for whether he's is he finishing this year or next year um, but if you're a young forward, you want to be there, and then to have Bernie Larkham coaching you as well. Yeah, it's a pretty good combo. A pretty good win. Yeah. And Lolaseo, he had a great game last week. He bounced back after his snubbing, but he was he was very good last weekend. Yeah, he was. He was, and that's and that's probably the response that Eddie Jones was looking for from guys like Tate McDermott and, and Noah Lolaseo. So it's to bounce back and and really sort of be a bit more clinical in their execution. Uh, and Tate was very good for the Reds last weekend, as we mentioned earlier. And Noah Lalesio also was very good. And I really like the way the the, the set of pairing at the, at the moment, the Brumbies, those two centres they've got there, are playing some very good football. Yeah, good side. And they just we talked about it early with the split round with Super Rugby. Did Rugby Australia miss an opportunity over Easter? Like you had the full round of NRL, full round of AFL, but the Waratahs and the Western Force not playing. So I don't know if that's a Rugby Australia thing or if it's a Super Rugby, but why why would we not have a full round on an Easter weekend? When everyone's on holidays, you can sit around, you can go to the footy, you can watch it on telly. Yeah, I, I, saw, some, I saw some commentary around this as well, talking about it's not like a rugby weekend, but why, why can't it be? You know why? It was never an AFL weekend. It was never a, a rugby league weekend. Like, sure, there's, there's, time at, there's time alone with families and you get a bit of time away, but... One of the things can be people travelling to the Big Smoke to go to, you know, watch some yeah. rugby games as well. They promote it properly. Um, so, uh, I mean, personally, yeah, I think they they missed a little bit of a trick because, I don't know, we we're, were at home a lot over the weekend and I didn't get to really watch too much rugby with my kids. They got to watch some rugby league. Yeah. They got to watch a bit of <laughs> AFL, <Yep. laughs> unfortunately, and only a minimal amount of rugby, but... Uh, I, I would have loved to see a little bit more, have a full round on this weekend as well. Yeah, it just seemed a very odd odd decision. And then still on the rescheduling, so the Waratahs women, they're playing Sunday at Concord. Why aren't they playing before the men on Saturday at Allianz Stadium? Uh, again, I, what the I, hell? I, I, I don't understand it. That's just crazy stuff, Mick. That, that'd, be a mon- that'd be a money decision. It probably costs them an extra 10, 10 20, 30,000 to put the curtain raiser on. There'd be some logistical match match event reason you'd have to employ extra staff open the gates earlier there'd be some there'd be some ridiculous reason why they do it and it's just missed again a missed opportunity to really showcase the women's game the women's game I yeah because they'd no, have to pay for concord yeah. and staff at concord so sure i didn't know i didn't know concord was still standing didn't they bulldoze that 10 years ago no i've still they talk about it every year isn't there it was always going down but yeah, just a, a really strange, and I think a bit of a slap in the face because that's great having you know the women are part of the Waratahs. So why, yeah, why not have the fans go along? And whether they think yeah. they can get all the fans again on Sunday, I don't know. But just well, you know. yeah, but but like look what Rugby WA are doing with the women's game on Sunday before the um, the Force Drew Fiji game. They've got a whole bunch of uh, the club club teams going head to head in a tennis like tournament. Yep. To really showcase the club system, so they're getting yeah. all the clubs down that have got um, women's teams this year in the club competition playing, playing off beforehand. So that'll build build a big crowd, and then have, uh, as you all know, McGilvray is one of the better services going around. It's a great place to play rugby, and then having the the Force Girls play against Fiji thereafter, mm. you've you've got all the aspiring young 
women's players all there sitting on the hill watching. watching their role models and stars go around afterwards. And that's yeah. a really great initiative. At least if you're going to do that, like play a game, a CBW game at a club ground, build something around build it. Build something around it. Yeah. No, yeah. So that's great. So that women, they're all at 3.05 on Sunday down at McGilvray. Well, look, that'll do us. Uh, it was great to catch up with Martha. Mitch, uh, glad to see you back from Thailand. Hope you recover. Yes, mate. I'll be all right. I'll bounce back. I'll get a bit of vitamin C into me. A few barocas. <laughs> a cup, cup of tea. Nice cup of, cup of tea. And a few of those big Darwin yeah. stubbies. You're looking, yeah, no. Absolutely. You're looking fantastic. And yeah, Tess, thanks, Tess I'll see you somewhere on Saturday. Yeah. I look forward to it. Okay. Just, yeah. drop, yeah. just drop a bin, I'll find you. Heath he, will be going to Cot because it's nicer there than Pally. And then, <laughs> no, Pally's yeah. all right. Just Cot's closer, though. So. Yeah. I'm going to go to McGillray, but I'm just going to the closest joint. Yeah. Well, I bet, I bet it is Pally UWA because that'll be a cracking game. Um, yeah, we'll UWA be. Yeah. got out of the blocks real real slick. And that Pally yeah. last game, Pally Wanneroo. Thumps Wanneroo, yeah. 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 So it'll be an interesting game, that one. To be viewed. So, a full round of Club Rugby 3:30 on Saturday. Okay, thanks everyone for tuning in, and thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Tess, and we'll see you next time on the Rugby Round.